Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by Tote. Get a 10% boost on your winnings on all horse racing markets exclusively on tote.co.uk or tote.ie. Thank you, Twala. Ahead of a huge weekend, one of the biggest for the flat season. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the great and powerful Lee McKenzie, my colleague from TalkSport 2. It's been so long, Lee. <laughs> it's been all of an hour, hasn't it, since we finished our uh, talk sports uh, little rendezvous this afternoon. Very entertaining stuff. And uh, I think that uh, we did, during the course of the programme, though, didn't we, always come back to the ARC meeting, and particularly the ARC, because this is a race that you just can't take your eyes off, can you? And uh, uh, when we were reminiscing about some of the old ARCs that had taken place, it is amazing how the, um, the winners of those races do resonate they, you don't forget them, do you? It's like winners of the Grand National. No. You don't forget them. I looked up the last 30 winners of the ARC, and I thought, yep, remember that one? Yep, remember that one? Yep, that one. That was a good one. That wasn't quite as good, but it was still exciting. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's, a, it's not just a great race, but it's a great weekend, isn't it? It's phenomenal. And we did a thing on, a thing. it's a regular feature. I'm sorry, the COVID is still messing with my head. Apologies. But at least I can talk. I was able to talk with Lee earlier on and I can still talk now. Or can I? Let's see how long this lasts for. We did a racing gold feature earlier on and your highlight was from 1986 when I was four and Dancing Brave won the arc. And I I presented two. One was Dalacani from 2003, but our producer Scott chose my second option, Dylan Thomas from 2007 in the controversial win. I've watched back Dancing Brave and I was telling you about the fact that there's a painting of Dancing Brave in my sitting room. And while I'm, I was too young to appreciate what he was doing or even be cognitively aware of what was going on, looking back on the history of the sport, he was one of the goats. He took this race and it was a sensational performance that you can look back on YouTube. The Dalicani win... And even the Zarkava win, which I think was 2007, if I'm right. Sumion's celebration afterwards, where he's like pointing at the horse and looking at the others and like, I'm the best. Can you get him get past her? No, you can't, because you all suck. And that brilliant arrogance. I love him. He's an incredible jockey. And all of that stands out to me. But the Dalakani one stands out so much because I was young enough in 2003 to be stupid enough to think that I can have a big enough bet on High Chaparral in such a great race, thinking this horse can't get beat. And he did. And it's a good thing that he did, because it was a valuable lesson that I learned. 
It was a very, very valuable lesson <laughs> I, I learned. And I was able to appreciate what Dalakani did. But let's let's talk about this year's renewal because it, it genuinely is fascinating. Tarnawa, who's heading the betting in the Dalakani and uh, Zarkava colors with the GOAT, Christo Sumion, uh, back on board. Uh, Nico de Boinville telling us exclusively on the Final Forum podcast that his favorite jockey is Christophe Sumion. So we know who Nico's going to be cheering on. Uh, trained by Dermot Weld, but she's five. And the statistics for five-year-olds ain't great. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Adair, the Derby and King George winner and the choice of William Buick is your second favorite. Hurricane Lane uh, with most bookmakers, is a third favorite. I'm not so sure about that. I'm looking forward to debating this with you, actually, um, as to whether or not Hurricane Lane should be in, in that position. Let's just, let's just update. Yeah, still there. Uh, Snowfall, fourth favorite. <sighs> what an insult. Uh, Chronogenesis, five. Uh, Oshin Murphy seems to have been booked for this horse since last year. Uh, 12 to 1. Love with Frankie DeTori on board for Aidan O'Brien is 25 to 1. Um, so we've got Godolphin and Coolmore running classic winners in this race. Two classic winners in the race. We've got the Aga Khan represented by the favourite. And we've got Japan, who so desperately want to win this race. Very heavily represented with a genuine arc trial winner in Deep Bond. And a horse who looks uh, the cat's pyjamas in Chronogenesis. But on the basis of Maidan form and how good she looked last time out in Japan, I could say, yeah, she's great, but I'm not going to pretend that I have any clue about this horse's form, uh, aside from the fact that uh, Oshin might be able to tell us a little bit more later on. Um, who, you, you were saying on TalkSport that Adair is, is the horse for you. You were a little bit concerned about the draw, and I, I put you at ease at that. So will we talk about the draw first of all? What's your yeah, take on that? 15, okay, so 15 runners. And ideally, I'd like to be somewhere in the middle. You know, five, six, seven would, would be good for me. Why? The danger is simply because if you're drawn low up against the inside rail, unless you're going to try and make all the running and you think you can get out fast, then there's the danger you might end up being shuffled back on the inside rail as they go along the back straight. And then that causes problems later on. Uh, if you're drawn wide, it can be an issue because then if you're still wide at the end of the back straight at Longshore and they have that long sweeping turn, if you stay stuck out four wide on that bend, then it's a combination of you're going a bit further than the other horses and also you you have to, to work a, a little bit harder to keep up with the ones on your inside. So it's a, it, it's a, it's a problem. We, we know that's a problem even in the smallest race on the all weather in the middle of the winter, let alone in the arc where every inch counts. However, I'm prepared to say if Adair is coming out of Storm 11, I can hack that. I'd rather he was a bit closer to the inside rail because I think he won't be too far off the leaders. If you're going to come from a long way back, it's probably not quite such a, uh, a, a problem. The, the question is simply in terms of then of which horse do you think has got the ability to, to win this year's race mm. and I think the top four in the betting all tick that box for me actually a day out yes don't look back early in the year and say oh he was only second in the uh, the Sandown trial and the the Lingfield trial he wasn't the same horse then yeah. something miraculous happened to him didn't it between the second of those races and the derby he just improved out of all recognition and he is now 
a strapping, very impressive looking horse with a deep chest. He's a monster. And I'm prepared to accept that his his uh, run in the King George last time at, at face value. I think there were some people who thought, yeah, OK, he won the Derby. He won it well uh, against the odds. Got that lovely run, didn't he? Through on the inside rail, halfway up the home straight. Adam Kirby gave him a great ride. Uh, but there were many people who thought it might be a bit of a fluke. I did. I yeah. hold my hands up. I thought it was a fluke. But I, I think after the King George, he settled it for me because he. It was no fluke then. <laughs> no. Once he crushes, he once he crushes Mishrif and Love, you're like, yeah. oh, I've yeah. read that terribly wrong. And then you see Mishrif go on to the Judmont and what he did there. So that would have to be a ridiculous fluke, wouldn't it, to mm. to have fluke that one? So. I, for me, he is the the complete article. And anything that I remember last year after he won his maiden, it not you know, there were some people who were backing him at fancy prices for the derby, but after he'd been beaten in two trials for the derby, they'd actually gone off him. And uh, I I, th- I think those people who backed him at forty to one back in the autumn, but wouldn't back him at thirty three to one on the day <laughs> when he was actually there, are still thinking, why didn't I have a little bit more on him? on Derby Day. Um, but Well, someone did. That, that, that was the yes. thing that I thought was fascinating about him. And I, I said this on the show years ago, that Godolphin horses get well-backed. And that when the money comes for Godolphin horses, and it led to the whole little bag, Sheikh Mohammed with the little bags, and we're talking about the store, little, uh, little bags up and down the lines. It bloody well happens. You watch these Godolphin horses get smashed in the betting and go and win. And for some reason on that day, he opened 40s, went off 16s. Somebody knew that he'd improved mm. immensely. And um, and he was coming out of the coffin box as well. He was drawing stall on. So, uh, and look, Mojo, yeah, good point. Mojo Star yeah, has gone on to, actually, to be second yeah, in the St. Ledger and Hurricane Lane's been won a classic in a Grand Prix de Paris. So, well, uh, indeed. And, and the fact that a day I won from that, uh, you'd think that stall one, uh, in a mile and a half race would, if anything, be an advantage, wouldn't you? But of course it's not at Epsom because of the curious shape of the course. It, it goes out and then it comes in again. Mm. Uh, but yes, it's another thing that he overcame. Um, I, I don't understand the stuff about the, the, the ground, that he may not like soft ground. He, he ran really well last year, Nottingham twice on soft ground, once when he on debut and then he, he won his maiden. The derby, it was uh, the easy ground. But what's the problem with soft ground with a dare? I don't, I don't get that argument. Uh, I think, he, you know, and he's a heavy topped horse. And for, for me, visually, he's the kind of horse that would like a bit of um, cut. So well, he, I don't have a problem with that. He also moves like a horse who'd appreciate cut. But I just wonder if there's a little bit of overthinking that, yes, that performance at Nottingham was very impressive, but that was a maiden mm. and this is the arc. Mm. So I think if he done any if he little hole the surface that, in, the, in the derby. Yeah, if the derby had been fast ground and he skimmed over the surface and the, the same again at uh, Ascot after that, then, yeah, I might be saying, yeah, he won at Nottingham last year despite the ground. But I don't see him as um, being a, a horse that's going to be inconvenienced by soft. And uh, of the others near the top of the market, we talk about Hurricane Lane, because I know you're, 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 you want an argument with me about this horse, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> let's go. I, can I say to you, I think... If he hadn't won the St. Ledger, do you think that you might fancy him a bit more than you do? <laughs> because is it the fact that he won the St. Ledger that's putting you off him? Take that out of his form, and it's not bad, is it? I Pretty think blooming impressive. if he won the pre-Neil, 
I would probably be backing him. Mm. I think that's a that's a very fair shout to make. However, my immediate counter argument to you is St. Ledger winners do not win the arc. No, they don't. They 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 don't. Which is why I said to you, pretend that he didn't run in the St. Ledger, because I don't think he was a horse um, early in the season when he was uh, winning over a mile and a half in good races. And in the derby, he did have a very good excuse. He didn't handle the track at all. You could no. see that coming down the hill. He was all over the place. Um, uh, and he didn't strike me as like a slow coach who was, you know, what do we do with him? He, we can't win a grade one over a mile and a half uh, with him. So we're going to stick him in the ledger and hope for the best. <laughs> he's not he's not that kind of horse at all. He, he kind of won the St. Ledger, despite the fact that he's a brilliant mile and a half uh, horse. So I don't have a problem with that. But you have to say the signs are, and you pointed towards William Buick earlier on, and he doesn't always get it right. He didn't get it right in the derby, did he? Um, but I, I feel that Adea is the better of the two at his best. So I'm going to go with him, but I'm certainly not ruling out Hurricane Lane. I think he's got a, a, a big chance. I think Tanawa, Tanawa, if you prefer, I think... Well, don't ask me. I, I keep messing it up. <laughs> I think it was horrible she didn't get the race last time at Leopardstown. I, oh, come I, on, I, man. I, That's the greatest I, horse Edna Bryan's ever trained. What are you talking about? Have you not read his coach this week? I, yeah. Uh, I think he's a very good horse. I think he's, uh, I'm glad he's not going for the arc, by the way. Yeah. Um, so Mark's yeah. Basilica, because yeah. he's not an arc horse at all. He's got so much speed. Mile and mile and a quarter, Yes. Arc, no. So I'm, I'm glad to see that he's not even attempting it. But I, I I didn't like that that drift, whether it was deliberate or not, that uh, that hampered this uh, this lovely mare. But I think the, the problem with her is, and it is only a minor problem, because I do think she's absolutely top-notch, uh, is that if she was going to win an arc, wouldn't she have won it by now? And five years old, as you say, arc winners, they've they generally ended up in the winner's enclosure, haven't they, by the time they're four? And Snowfall, well, Don't you in dare. the same... Yeah, I'm having to choose my words very carefully here. Um, in the same way as Love looked very good when she was beating Phillies, um, so did Snowfall. Um, and this is a big test for her on Sunday. She may well be up to it. Tactically, yes, the, the fair May didn't really work out, did it? The, the pace was confusing and she just didn't run her race. But I have two problems with Snowfall. Is one is, is she passed her best for the year? And secondly, she's now taking on the Colts and uh, two very good Colts in Adea and Hurricane Lane. And then that is an additional test over and above what she's achieved so far this season. Yeah. I, Sorry. I, no, no, I take that. <laughs> I take that on board. I mean, look, this is, this is the whole point of debates. You know, we we gotta have them, and uh, facts are facts. Um, it's uh, all facts, no feelings. So you know, lay, lay it on out there. Lay it on out there. Uh, what I will counter with is the Phillies and Mares have won the race twenty four times. Uh, yeah, it's ten, just a very good race for them as well. Yeah, yeah they, I, I agree. They love it uh, ten times by a four year old, and of course, Aidan O'Brien trained the one, two, three, four led home by found. Um, mm back in the day, uh, which wasn't that long ago at all. Um, uh, 2016, ago, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2016. Mm. With the, it, was, uh, it was at Shanty that day, though, wasn't it? That, it was. That was, uh, was one of the two that was uh, uh, run outside Paris. Um, you know, it's, it's a similar kind of track to Longchamp. It's similar, but it's not identical. But there's no doubt that found 
well, she was an exceptionally tough horse, wasn't she? Very. Uh, and I was delighted that she won that day because um, she is going to make a great mum for a lot of other horses <laughs> from now on. And um, and the fact that she won an arc is um, is a very important part of her CV. But she she was one of those, you know, she was an exceptionally good horse. She may not go down as one of the greatest of all time, but she was still exceptionally good. And uh, it was important for her uh, that, that she won that day because she deserved it on the yeah. basis of all her other races. Big time. Uh, the problem with her is that she keeps, the poor thing keeps being barren. So I, I think, and Dana Brian Fansight can correct me on this because um, Paul and the crew are in the know. I think the most recent visit she, she had was to Dubawi. There was a lot of uh, Galileo Coolmore mares went to Dubawi, and I think she was one of them. But uh, she's only had one successful fall, and and that's Battleground. Mm. Well, obviously, and he he wasn't quite as good as uh, they they hoped, right? Well, I think I think that Coolmore are backing off the warfront side of things. That's the feeling I'm I'm getting. That we'll come to a Coolmore warfront horse in a little bit, but I, I think that they've decided to move away from that side of things. Um, I think they tried, a bit like Stormcat, they tried to tap into that oil um, because there's a lot of gravy there, and he makes an, an absolute fortune. It's $150,000 to be covered by a mayor uh, over in the States. He's from that important Danzig line, and um, obviously that makes him a, a grandson of Northern Dancer. Um so, uh, well, grandson of, of uh, Danzig and a great-grandson of Northern Dancer. But for whatever reason, it's not working out with Found. And Battleground has been sold mm. to Turkey to be a stallion there. So mm. his racing career well. really didn't, didn't work out. But there's, there is a parallel. There's a point that I'm making to this, which is I get a, I get a similar feeling to Found with love in that Found had a very somewhat disappointing four-year-old campaign on the surface. You know, she was beaten in races that you really thought she should have won. But she was running consistently well. And when I most recently asked Aidan O'Brien about love, he said he was delighted with her. And I don't think there's any disgrace in going down a short head over 10 furlongs at the Curra when a mile four is really her best. And I suspect, and, and yes, I know I'm saying that with her having won first time out this season in the Prince of Wales Stakes, but I suspect she can outrun her odds of 25s, particularly with Frankie on board. So I'm very interested in her. Concerned about the ground, but I'm very interested in her. Uh, the five-year-old... Yeah, hmm. yeah. she, she is... Uh, the, the, the thing is, if the ground were faster, she wouldn't be 20 to 1, I don't think, even despite the fact that she's been beaten in her last three races. She'd be but 12. I think it's the combination... Yeah, it's a combination of those two things. She wouldn't be in the top four in the betting on the, the base of her, her recent runs. But I think the fact she's 20s is a reflection of people's fears about the, the, the slow ground. And I think, actually, although... Um, we touched upon the Japanese horses earlier on. I think the same applies to, to them, actually. Chronogenesis and Deep Bond. Most of their form is on fast ground. Deep yeah. Bond has got a bit of form with a, um, some cut, but he normally runs over long distances. You know, I saw him win in France last time out, and he he, he, he did okay, actually. Whether it was an art-winning performance remains to be seen, but he's, he's really a stayer. 
And he's won over two miles. Yeah. I mean, if those horses near the top of the betting can't beat him for speed, then it doesn't matter how well he's staying on at the end of the race. He's ultimately, he's a two miler. Mm. (laughs) Now, okay. He, he, he won on art trials day and, and he, he won in the style of a, a high class horse, but is he an arc winning horse? And the, and the mayor, Chronogenesis, um, she is surely a fast ground specialist, isn't she? And uh, soft ground, I, I feel it's a real shame uh, for the, the Japanese who every year they, they come over with a horse or in this oh. case, two horses, two very good horses, two very good horses. And then it rains and it rains and it rains and it rains. And um, I, I don't think it will suit their number one hope. Um, Asheen Murphy's mad. Well, Chronogenesis is running in the Ofevera colours that we were talking about on TalkSport 2 earlier on. And that race against, was it Solmia? Is that how you pronounce her name? Uh, where she's also, if you haven't seen this, you need to look this up on YouTube. Just type in O R F E V R E Arc Reaction. And it was a group of Japanese men and women videoed themselves cheering on uh, their superstar Ofevera and all set to win. And suddenly, wobble, 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 wobble. Salmia comes down the outside. Bang. Olivia Pellier does. Mm. And it was. He, just, threw, he threw it away, didn't he? He threw he, it away. He completely um, he had mm. the ball. Uh, mm. Totally threw it away. But their reaction was just utterly priceless. Um, shout out to. So I did a Twitter poll. And um, of course, Twitter polls are highly accurate. So uh, Tuala has picked the winners of some personalized Final Furlong Podcast mugs. Uh, the first one goes to Simon, a.k.a. Beefy, and he did produce some very good info here for us. So thank you, uh, Simon. And we'll give you full credit as opposed to just stealing it and using it ourselves and passing it off as our own. Uh, sorry for being such a bore, but these are the only horses older than four to ever win the arc. Motrecico, I have no idea, 1930, 1932, Jebel, 1942, Lapion, 1947, Starpeel, 1975, Tony Bin, 1988, Marienbad, for Said Um I know not everybody's into their stats, but uh, congratulations, Simon. There's a personalized Final Furlong Podcast mug on its way to you. Uh, the other mug is on its way to a uh, long-time listener of the show, Sophie Beechner. So, uh, well done, Sophie. Um, and Sophie is going for chronogenesis. Oh, dear, as we rubbish chronogenesis on the show. Sorry about <laughs> that. Um, but uh, congratulations, Sophie. So personalized Final Furlong Podcast mugs, newly designed and slick are on the way to you. And uh, if you didn't win, blame Tuala. It's her fault. Hashtag blame Tuala. Uh, T-U-A-T-H-L-A. That's how you spell her name. I know. That's why they're going to come after you. Uh, but we will do another giveaway, which is considerably better uh, sooner rather than later. The reason I bring up the poll is because we did this in the space of 24 hours. And uh, the question was, who are you backing in the arc? So the options I gave were Ternawa, a day are snowfall. Other comment below. Other got five percent. A day are got sixteen percent, and your winner 
with 54% of the vote, Snowfall. You've all got great taste. You've all got fantastic, <laughs> outstanding taste. Y'all know what's up. So How many times did you vote, Emmett? I can only vote once. That's the bloody thing. I can't, I can't How many even. Mobile phones have you got? I can't even vote through my own uh, account because the one that you do that. So I had to go into the final furlong one and go snowfall. Um, so thank you to the two thousand two hundred and forty-seven. Well, actually, two thousand four hundred and forty-six people who voted because I voted snowfall. Um, with twenty-five percent going for uh, who was I think going for Tanarwa, uh, uh, of course. Um, I think snowfall wins. I think that the, the draw is not an issue. I think that that weekend, for whatever bizarre reason, things in Ballydoy land were not the way they should be. Uh, the only winner of the Aidan O'Brien train that week was... Uh, St. Mark's Basilica. Yeah, so I asked you on air. In the Irish I cut you out, but um, now oh, you're on fire. Um, so yeah, the only winner he trained that week, or that weekend, was St. Mark's Basilica. The GOAT. The greatest he's ever trained. <coughs> Looks good in the Coolmore brochure. Uh, Aiden's back on the show before the Breeders' Cup, by the way. So um, looking forward to that. Uh, and the one of the things I was saying to you today was in the week where St. Mark's Basilica retires, and I, I called that, and you called it, and we had a big conversation about it on the podcast, that he's too valuable a stallion to risk, and Coolmore need a replacement Definitely now for, for Galileo, the poor poor thing. It's um, a terrible shame that they lost him. So who's going to step up? And it could very well be this guy. And he's going to be really popular with breeders. Breeders are going to really want to, to come to him. And in a week where he's talking so highly about St. Mark's Basilica, he is humming about Snowfall. He's talking about how the ground's not going to be a problem for how she's going to love Parry Longchamp. She's had the experience of being there. And that was a joke of a race. Those whole trials were a complete joke. You know, if, if you look back in the moment, watch them back today, like Deep Bond, everything that could have gone right for Deep Bond went right when he beat Broom, um, who might not be out of it at a big price as well, by the way. Uh, this could be another Aiden O'Brien one, two, three. I mean, deadly serious here. This is not belly dollar bias. I'm being 100% serious. But in terms of the actual win bet, when you look at the market, Adair, I just haven't been with him this season, but I respect him the most, and I think he's the biggest danger. Tanarwa, as a five-year-old, I'm prepared to go with that trend that, for some reason, it just doesn't work. Hurricane Lane, nah, because Buick got off. And that's why. You've won over course and distance, and yet you're, and you've won the St. Ledger. Good, good night and good luck. Thanks for playing. Uh... Chronogenesis, I don't know. Um, ground seems to be gone against her, even. But Snowfall is a three-year-old who has bolted up in the Musidora, set the record for winning distance in the Oaks uh, at Epsom, set the record for the last hundred years for the winning margin in the Irish Oaks, uh, absolutely destroyed them in a hack canter at York, and everything went wrong in the race at Perry Longchamp, where Frankie de Tori just threw out all the toys. He has a pop at Holly Doyle uh, for not injecting enough pace into the race. And then, to be fair to him, he has a goat himself and says, I didn't, I had her way too far back and I asked her too much. And I think the fact that she even ran there is interesting. 
I think the fact that they even turned up for that race is significant. Because I, I think they just wanted to look. I think they just wanted to say, look, have a look around. This is what you're going to be doing. This is what racing is like in France. They can turn into sprint finishes. Be ready. And I think she's going to win. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more bullish as we come closer to it. And I think if you can get if you can get that 25s about about love, I knew you said found about love. Jesus, that's big. That is a seriously big price. So uh, I'll end up doing the the box exacta uh, with tote on snowfall and love, and um, I think snowfall wins it. So uh, snowfall is the, the final selection for me. It's a day R for you. It is, and I was looking for something that might run into the first three at a big price further down like Rabiha perhaps 20 to 1 she's top class but I think if she was going to win an arc she would have done better than finishing fifth last year yeah I know Valkyrie did a similar thing he was fourth one year and then he won it the following year but um, I just think she needs a little bit more but uh, I don't think she's one that you want to rule out totally uh, she has formed with uh Tanawa, of course, in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Kay is interesting. He's got form with um, Adea, but I think Adea is a different horse now. I think Alan Kay's, again, he's top class, or he's touching top class anyway, uh, and he could run a big race, but um, has Adea improved a bit more since they ran against one another early in the season? Seal away, stamina, not sure. Mojo Stars run second in a couple of classics. Can't argue with that, but you, you just think, Oh man, come on. No, nice no, day second out for the owners. Classic, yeah, yeah. If, if, St, if St. Ledger winners don't win arcs, then St. Ledger runner ups definitely don't win arcs. Uh, Broom, I think if you're looking for something a big price, I agree with you actually. Broom 50 to 1. Good man. He's run some very solid races, hasn't he, against seriously good horses. Yeah. And uh, I certainly think there'll be worse speculative bets than just a fun, a little tickle on Broom. And the others I don't think uh, are good enough. But I, yeah. I am uh, by no means saying that Broom can win this race. But I would say that for a horse who has taken a Group 1 in France this season and was narrowly beaten in an arc trial where everything went wrong and Aidan O'Brien's horses weren't winning that weekend uh, for whatever bizarre reason, with the exception of the GOAT, St. Mark's Basilica, uh, you would do worse than having a couple of quid each way at 66s. If, if this is the race that you want to sit back and just watch because there's so much strength and depth, there's so much talent. I mean, we could talk about this for 17 hours and we might still not come up with the winner. Um, I think that there are worse bets to do than, than broom each way. So I'd be 100% with you there. Uh, and I, I will do some kind of exotic bet that involves snowfall, love, and, um, and broom because I did that the year found one, and I have my Highland Real baseball cap. Shout out to uh, Kevin Buckley. Thank you, Kevin Buckley and the Coolmore team. Uh, I've got my Highland Real baseball cap right here in the Final Forum Podcast studio. Uh, I somehow managed to, how do I describe this? Fuck up that bet. I did some sort of uh, trifecta uh, or, or combination forecast that was found Highland Real Order of St. George. And I was I was going, <gasps> how how much money have I won? Nothing because I hadn't done it right. 
I don't, I don't know what order I'd put it in or what. I, I ballsed it up, basically, and did my dough. <laughs> so what a kick in the nuts that was. Um, I, I did, and I, I backed Highland Real each way, of course, because I'm the greatest horse of all time. Uh, so look, you're with the Dayar, the Derby winner. I'm with the Oaks winner, Snowfall. It's game on, and um, we're on TalkSport next week, and one of us are going to have egg on our faces. <laughs> Or maybe both of us will have egg in our faces, so we'll, we'll find out. Uh, the uh, Pre-Marcel Buzak, let's fly through this really quickly. There's a very short price favorite uh, who, interestingly enough, talk about fate, uh, by Frankel out of Empire Maker, who, of course, was trained by the late, great Bobby Frankel, favorite for the Kentucky Derby, disappointed. Um, NBC did that thing where they put the camera right on Bobby's face. Because uh, he'd been he'd been beaten and they wanted him shaking his head. Uh, the horse who won the race was a gelding called Funny Side. He then won the Preakness, went for the Triple Crown at the Belmont. Who pops up? Empire Maker and bolts up. And what did the New York crowd do? Boo! <laughs> Boo! You suck! The horse was third. Right? Empire Maker crushed him. Uh, it's not his. He wasn't even second. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jerry Bailey is there on the source going, what do you do? What? What did I do wrong? We won the race. But uh, Bobby Frankel was an incredible trainer and um, obviously Khaled Abdullah, the late great Khaled Abdullah, named Frankel in his honor and this horse is out of one of the best he trained. So she's unbeaten in two starts so far. She certainly looked very good and she's trained by uh, Mr. Andre Fab as well. So a lot of things going in her favor, but uh, I'm not going to lie. Playing a lot of guesswork here, mate. Yeah, she's taking a big step up in class and she's got huge potential for all the reasons that you said, but she's unproven amongst fillies of this quality. And it's a competitive race. And I also think that in the soft ground that we're expecting there, mm. uh, a bit of experience proper experience battle hardened experience for for younger horses uh, could be important here so i'm going to go against her partly because of her price uh, if she bolts up in the style of a horse that's going to make a seriously good horse next year fine i'm prepared to accept that because she could do that uh, but i'm going to go for the godolphin filly fleur dearis who has got twice as many races under her belt and she has run in a pretty high class company as well and she'll be fine on the ground. There's going to be a theme all the way through, Emmett. Uh, I want horses that uh, act on soft ground, and I want horses that stay the trip really well. So no guesswork. We're running over a mile. I don't want horses that have been running over seven furlongs, even if they've been staying on in the closing stages. I want to have actually seen that a horse stays this trip in soft ground, uh, or that it likes soft ground and stays the trip really well on good ground, if I can put it that way. So I'm going to go for Fleur Dearis, but it wouldn't surprise me if Raclette won. She's obviously got uh, uh, huge potential for next year, but I, I just think that price is just a little bit too short for me. Yeah, five to four is the general price. Uh, Acer Ali is the selection for me, a daughter of Sioni out of a Lemon Drop Kid mare. I love Lemon Drop Kid as a stallion. And um, I think you can get 10s about Acer Ali. I think you can. Um, beat the boys last time out in a group three at Paris Longchamp and um, has won on heavy ground as well at uh, saint Cloud. So it was good to soft at uh, Paris Longchamp 28 days ago when the race comes around. Uh, thank you, Racing Post. So uh, Acer Ali would be the each-way selection for me in, in that race. But that's if you're doing your 
each way lucky 63 on the day and uh, and taking a pop. Um, I have to admit that I'm a little bit taken aback by the runners in the uh, Qatar pre Jean-Luc Lagadère, formerly known as the Grand, Cri- Grand Criterium. See, COVID, mouth words, they're starting to fail. Uh, no geldings allowed. No geldings um, for two-year-olds. So Ebro River is your favorite. Andre Fab is represented by Coolmore's Ancient Rome, who is by Warfront. This is what I was mentioning. So I think with the juveniles, yeah, but I would be very intrigued to see how many more Warfronts are going to come through in recent years, in the years to come. We'll see. So Ancient Rome was beaten on debut, but has won his last three since and has been impressive. Um, uh, quite like him. He would be my selection in the race. What I'm taken aback by is uh, Aiden O'Brien. So Aiden O'Brien did farm this race for a few years. He's actually only won it once in the last decade, and that was with Happily, the filly. Um, And Aiden does change things every year. He's always adapting, and you would think that someone who has a winning model would just stick to the same old routine, but he doesn't do that. He constantly adapts and he constantly changes, and maybe this race just became a, a lesser target, but... You'll remember Glenn Eagles being first past the post and losing the race because of a, a maneuver that Joseph O'Brien pulled. And and then Michael Tabor being interviewed by Claire Balding on Channel 4 and him saying, this is our Guineas horse for next year. Straight out saying it. And Glenn Eagles then bolting up in the Guineas. He's running Stone Age. I was 100% certain. Uh, and you should never be 100% certain when you're trying to read the mind of Aidan O'Brien. But I thought that um, the horse who won at Gorn was going to turn up here. Uh, Scriptwriter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I was full sure that's who was going to turn up in this race. And uh, boy, did I balls that one up. Uh, so there's a lucky 63 that's gone down the drain already uh, before it even had a chance to, to get going. Um, and this horse is interesting because he, he's been unlucky. He was particularly unlucky uh, on his on his last start, I thought on Irish Champions Weekend uh, when he was just beaten ahead, I didn't think it was the finest hour from Ryan Moore in the saddle. To be completely honest about it, but uh, I'm gonna go with um, Andre Fab here and, and Ancient Rome um, with Mister Vesterberg again. Uh, now a firm member of the lads. Uh, what about yourself? I'm slightly underwhelmed by the race actually because I'd be looking yeah. for a horse that's kind of going up through the ranks and has got potential for next year it's a it's a hot race normally and uh we're looking potentially for a, a classic type horse out of this uh ebro river he's battle hard he's had lots of races you know i was saying i want a horse uh, particularly amongst the, the two-year-olds uh, that's had plenty of experience knows what it's like to, to have to fight He's got a lot of speed. I think he does stay seven furlongs, as he showed last time out. But does he stay seven furlongs in a, a top-class race in the mud? That is the question. And also, he's had quite a long season. Ancient Rome, potentially interesting, but I just don't know how good he is. Yep, he could take the uh, another step here uh, to, towards uh, being a good horse for next season. But you mentioned about Happily winning this race a few years back for Aidan O'Brien. I was there that day, actually. Oh, and um, Akakaba. Akakaba is a filly, so no geldings, but fillies are allowed. Yes, they are. Yep. And Akakaba, 
she's run four times. She's won four times. Uh, her form is good. It's high class. She won last time out uh, at uh, Deauville, seven furlongs in soft ground. So that's ticked the box for this particular race here. And yeah, she gets uh, a valuable four pounds. Yeah, I know that's because she's a filly and she would, wouldn't she? And there are reasons for that. But um, in a race where I don't have a great deal of inspiration, I'm I'm going to tentatively say, how about Akakaba to um, to be another winning filly in the Jean-Luc Lagardère? In, in, a, in a race, I, I find, I just find it a bit, bit of a mess this trying to untangle the the various bits of form a lot of these horses don't tick all the boxes that i mentioned earlier on and i want them to stay seven furlongs really well in soft ground and for me she does it so akakaba it will be the the filly to beat the colts okay and no geldings and and no geldings allowed they're banned but as uh as kate tracy would say geld them um <laughs> how much did that horse cost a million geld him uh and of course the horse that you're picking akikarba's form ties in with uh fleur de lis who you like mm. in the in the previous race mm. so uh mm. that's very interesting uh ancient rome for me and um akikarba uh for the great and powerful lee mckenzie the pre opera i think is a disappointing renewal this year uh adoria is your favorite all right. Uh, then we got Joan of Arc, classic winner in France. Um, her form has been... It's been all right, actually. So if you just ignore her last run, which again was part of that weird weekend for Aidan O'Brien, there's nothing mm. wrong with And being, she may not have stayed. Uh, I think... Uh, that's a great show. Like, you know, I think because she was still in the... She was still in the mix there, furlong and a half from home. She was still in that bunch. So a lot of them still competing at that stage. And then she just just stopped to nothing. So they may be the combination of going too far and also the fact that the O'Brien horses weren't, so some of them weren't quite right at the time. She was virtually pulled up in the end, wasn't she? She's I, That's not her running at all. She's a full sister to Glen Eagles, Marvellous and Happily who and Vatican City who are all uh, group winners over a mile. Of course, Glen Eagles being the best of them. Um, uh, Happily being a, a superstar as well who we've already mentioned on the show. Uh uh, Coolmore managed to win over a mile two, and Taj Mahal managed to win over a mile two. I think down in Australia, if memory serves me correctly. But asking her to go a mile four, mm, probably not. Uh, so I think she will take the beating here. Um, that's my assessment of the race as it is. I'm a little bit disappointed that the horse who beat Love last time out for Paddy Toomey didn't didn't take up this option. But anyway, they've decided against it, and that's that's fair enough. Um, what are you, what's your own thoughts on the race? Well, yeah, Joan of Arc. She's won a classic, hasn't she? She won the uh, the French Oaks, pre de yeah. So, so she she's been second in the in the, in the Irish yeah. One Thousand Guineas, and she's mm. she's then won the uh, the French uh, Oaks. So, yeah, let's go. Yeah, you can't argue with that. That's that's top form, isn't it? If you start arguing against classic winners, then you're you're going to end up in the poorhouse. Not, um, not a whole uh, lot wrong with being Dari, I, not a whole lot wrong with being third to um, Lady Bothorpe either in the NASA stakes. No. No, indeed, and the, the, uh, and you remember that uh, all that form, those uh, th- those fillies uh, who ran uh, at Goodwood in that race, uh, but also in in the the Falmouth at uh, Newmark at the time before when Lady Bothorp was so unlucky. Th- those were cracking good horses running in those races. So yeah, you're right. Finished third in amongst those, not bad at all, really. Should and certainly in this company here, it reads pretty well. Or Daria talking of. Um, 
of Glorious Goodwood. I thought Aldari could not be beaten in her race there, but she ran appallingly. And she wasn't she wasn't positive in the market either. So it was as if somebody or rather a lot of people knew that she wasn't going to run a race and she didn't. She ran really badly there. She has bounced back since, but I don't know, five-year-old. She's a globetrotter, isn't she? We love yeah. a globetrotter, don't we, Emmett? She's, she won at the Breeders' Cup, she's won in France, but is she quite good enough to win this? She may be. She, I'm not ruling her out, but I'm going to go for an each-way shot here. I just couldn't make head nor tail of these. So when I was going down the others, I was thinking... Are they good enough to beat Joan of Arc, who for me sets the standard in this race? And I thought I'm going to go for something to get the first three at a price. And that is Rougier, who has run in a lot of very good races. And she doesn't win them, but she she often runs extremely well in them. So, so but I'm not expecting her to win this either, because I'm I'm thinking she'll probably come second or third. But who knows? She might be good enough to win this, you know. She um uh she ran well finishing third last time at Deauville soft ground mile and a quarter uh Deauville the time before um fourth soft ground um that's the pre-Rothschild that's a that's a group one group two last time she won in a group three at uh Chanty uh over a mile and a furlong good to soft ground back in July so I think it's fair to say she likes a bit of cut and although she hasn't been winning she has been running against some very good horses and she will love the conditions so i'm going to go for her um if you look back to the french 1000 guineas for example in may at longchamp very soft ground there she finished eighth in that race and then went on to finish fifth in the french oaks so yeah maybe not quite good enough to win but could get into the first three uh, at a big price so rougier is um my selection uh, in the opera this year, in, in the absence of anything else that I thought was outstanding, except possibly for Joan of Arc. But unlike you, I am a little bit worried about her run last time out. So although I think she had two good excuses, I, I I don't like tipping horses off the back of a, a really moderate run, and it was a really moderate run. Oh, it was. It was. And and I get the the concern as well, but um, Brian just has a habit of getting these fillies to bounce back, but I, I would... 100% uh, back you on that. Uh, we have a very interesting renewal then of the uh, Prix de l'Abbé, uh, where Suisse heads the market mm. at 9 to 4. We got Glass Slippers, absolute legend of a horse, just, uh, just touched off in this race last year and then went to the Breeders' Cup and did us all a massive favor. Thank you. Whole team put her up. Happy days. Uh, Kevin Ryan, you genius. Uh, so she's fives, winter power sixes. Uh, horse that I quite like. Who I think Christoph Sumion will be on board. Annoyingly, jockey bookings are not confirmed. I'll double check that actually with Franz Gallo. Uh, Bineuro! Will we go with that pronunciation? Number five. Um, and Edward Lynham's horse. Edward? Why did I call him Edward? Sarah's, Sarah's going to be like, why did you call him Edward? Eddie Lynham's horse. Romantic proposal who I'm delighted to see uh, make the journey over here, as well as Johnny Mertz's Urban Beat. But um, there's something about Romantic Proposal and Eddie Lynham. It's six years since he won a Group 1. Uh, she gave him that Group 1 title back again uh, on Irish Champions Weekend and very much deserves her place here in the race. And this is a race that I think is going to be a little bit more open than than people think. You look back at previous winners of this race, looking at 13-2, to 12-1, 
9 to 4, obviously, for Batash. 16 to 1, 15 to 2, 25 to 1, 15 to 2, 7 to 1, 14 to 1. You know where I'm going with this. This is not just because Suesa looked really good at Goodwood does not necessarily mean that she's a good thing for this. No, and she ran a weird race at York last time, didn't she? Yeah. So she got miles behind and then stayed on too late. Now, it may be that she needs to get involved a bit sooner, although that didn't happen at Goodwood, did it? I, maybe in hindsight at Goodwood, what happened was that they went extremely fast down the hill, and that's what she needs. And uh, even though it is largely a downhill track, she got going in time to sweep past all the others in the last photo because she was impressive at Goodwood. And although that is only a group two, that King George, it was a very high class group two this year. I think you could say it was a, it was not far off being a group one actually. And I thought at that point that she would definitely uh, be one to, to get involved with for the, the, the Prix de l'Abbé at the end of the season. I thought if she could win at Goodwood, she could certainly win the Abbé. But I've come here now off the back of that run at York and I'm thinking, can she? Because even if you try to make excuses for her there, it does mean that she is a little bit kind of, I think, one-dimensional. It seems that what, what she does is she she drops out of the back of the field and then comes with a big charge at the finish. And is that going to be a problem in this 15-runner field? Mm. Will it be possible to charge your way through uh, 14 other runners in a hectic sprint finish? Maybe she'll do it. I think she's got loads of talent. And it, it to me... She's a top class horse, a group one horse in waiting. And today or Sunday could be her day. But I think that you've got a horse in here that will love the ground. She's performed in group one races time after time after time, including this one here in the past. Um, she's run really well in her two races so far this season. And I think quite possibly the idea was to improve her gradually towards uh, maybe this one, maybe the Reader's Cup as well. And that's glass slippers. I, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying about there could be a, a 33 to one winner lurking down somewhere down. Two it's just one of those races. The list. I just couldn't find it though. That's the problem. Isn't it? It's one thing confidently saying, I think that there could, there could be a, an outsider here that, uh, uh, that manages to overturn the lot of them. I just couldn't see what it would be I, I would also put a romantic proposal who beat glass slippers last time out eddie lynham as you say what a legend he is and every now and then he gets a he gets a seriously good sprinter doesn't he every oh, now yeah. and then and and she certainly looked it last time she got past glass slippers in the, the closing stages of that race and then winter power she looked fantastic at york and then what happened last time i have no idea that, that you couldn't believe a, a horse could run two such contrasting races in the space of just a, a few weeks, could you? So on the basis of your, yeah, winter power might be in this, on the basis of last time, definitely not. So I'm going to go for glass slippers. I, yeah, she, for me, she's the safe, she's a really solid um, performer at this very high level. And although, yeah, your, your big outsider may come past her in the closing stages, um, I, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> so I'm going, to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to stick with her because I can't put in uh, a N other can I as um, my potential winner of the Abbey? Uh, I'll I'll oof. there's a part of me thinks that Romantic Proposal is actually going to win this race uh, because I think that she's improving so rapidly and Eddie Lynham's horses are in tremendous form. Um, however, uh, Bruniel, uh, who is number five, B E or N E U I L, watch back her performance at uh, Longchamp last time out where she wins by three and a half lengths under Sumion. 
damn, it was impressive. It was seriously impressive. And now the problem is it was good ground. Um, and I wonder if that's a, an issue for her. I think romantic proposal will be fine on it. I think she'd get away with it. And, uh, well, Glass Slippers we know does because she's handled heavy ground to be second in this race last year. So Glass Slippers is probably the, the safe play, uh, as you said, and Kevin Ryan is just having a phenomenal season um, right now, just the way things have gone. Uh, the Qatar Prix de la Forêt. Um, I think one snuck under the radar here. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. I'm not going to go for the favourite here. Uh, I think he's a seriously good horse, uh, Space Blues, but I'm not going to go for him. So what's uh, what's tickling your fancy, Emmett? Do you know what? Give me one second. I need Siri to do the pronunciation of this because uh, otherwise I'm just going to be... Oh, of course there's no analysis. Of course there isn't because that would make sense, wouldn't it? Come on now, Siri. Uh, services? Speech? No? No speech? <laughs> There's no speech. Come on. Um, the Agacan's horse. Sagamira. Uh, Sagamira. Myra. Sagamira. 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 There we go. Uh, for Miguel de, de, oh, Del uh and uh, Christophe Soumillon. So, winner last time out at Perry Longchamp over the course and distance, ahead behind Mother Earth at Deauville. And she's 11 to 2 for this. Uh, thanks very much. I'll take that. I can see it. She uh, won at uh, Dover on the straight mile there back in August. Soft ground. Uh, she was second in that race, rather. And then she went on uh, to, to win, as you say, last time out um, uh, at uh, the, I think it was Art Trials weekend, wasn't it? Uh, mm. uh, over seven furlongs. Um, she's got plenty of soft ground form in there so she'll be all right on the conditions and she's reliable consistent and she's got plenty of class yeah what's not to like um so sagamara i've definitely one of the leading players seems to be uncomfortably big in the betting but that's maybe because punters just haven't latched onto her i think the, the favorite there's space blues now, this is what I call a proper seven furlong horse. You know, we always moan in Britain about the fact that we don't have a group one race for older horses at seven furlongs. And why don't yes. we have one? We've got several group twos. And this is the sort of race over here uh, that Space Blues might win. And he's a proper seven furlong horse because he's not one of those horses who sometimes runs over a mile and they dragged him back to seven and they hope they'll be good enough to, to win. And he's not a horse that I would call a regular six furlong horse, although he is, he's okay over six furlongs. He's a good horse over six, but to me, seven furlongs is his distance. However, is soft ground what he wants? Um, He'll go on soft ground, but if you look back through his form, it's not generally much softer than good to soft. And although he's absolutely fine on good to soft, the question is, will he stay seven furlongs? Because he's got a lot of speed, you know, you look at these seven furlong horses, they're either seven furlongs tending to six or they're seven furlongs horses tending to a mile. And I think he's a seven furlong horse tending to a six. He's on that side uh, of the line, if you like. And yes, I think he's got all the ability to win a race like this and he he could well land this. I'd love to see him do it, actually, because I think he, he, he deserves to 
to, uh, to to get a race like this under his belt because he can't get one in his own country because we don't have a Group 1 seven-furlong race here. Um, but if it comes to a long, drawn-out battle at the end with plenty in contention, will he, will he quite see out the seven furlongs in, in what is potentially very soft ground. Um, he may, he may not. I, I think he's got every chance, but I'm going to go against him. And I'm going to go, although I really respect your filly there, I think uh, she's got an excellent chance. Speak of the devil. Uh, oh, really? 10 to, about, about 10 to 1, something like that. So 12s? I think it's a 12s. Decent price. Speak of the devil, again, and I think I might go each way here because they're, they're, the, the favourite might win, your horse might win. Uh, but again, we'll love the soft ground. Actually, stays a little bit further, is okay over a mile in soft ground as well. So it's quite possible that it's the opposite of Space Blues. This horse might have a bit too much stamina, but I could see it getting into the first three because I think it will see it out the seven furlongs really well. So I'm going to go with Speak of the Devil. I'm sticking my neck out a bit there, um, but uh, I, I do definitely respect the one that you picked, Sagamira. Sagamira. See, that's why you commented on French racing. Because you can do it. I get an A in honors French in my leaving cert, and it's gone. All of it is gone. Now it's just uh, little bits of Spanish. La siento, no hablo mucho español. Uh, we'll switch to Newmarket very briefly. This is, oh, God. Are Virgin Media going to show this? Seriously, are they? It's ITV4 again. Hello, mm. Racing TV. I'm back to you. Um uh, by the way, seriously, if you're not using the Racing TV, I need to start charging them for this. If you're not using Racing TV Extra, whether you have, uh, what the hell are they called? Google Fire, uh, Alexa Fire, whatever the hell. Um, I have Apple TV. It's bloody brilliant. So just you can focus on whatever race meeting it is that you want to and um, get dedicated coverage uh, from that it's it's really really well done and you know what i got 100 meg broadband now so um uh yeah uh, i've got 100 meg broadband in cork and i got 100 meg broadband in kilkenny i think wh where do we record during the week i've forgotten i'm so messed up anyway uh mother earth wins game over yeah and Snow Lantern, probably the danger. I, I find it quite hard to separate those two, but for me, they are a notch above all the others in the race. And, um, you know, I can't seriously suggest a, a reverse forecast, those two, can I? <laughs> they're, well, you they're, can. They're, they're, they're... they're the top two in the betting. I mean, that's a real wimp's bet, isn't it? I've, I strongly <laughs> fancy the first two in the betting to finish first and second in either order. Well, what about my system of uh, Jessica Harrington, one runner in the UK? At, at one meeting, that's a serious mm. system to to play. So you could go that way. You could go Mother Earth, No Speak Alexander. Yeah, No Speak Alexander. Alexander certainly not rated far behind the top two in the betting at all, only a pound or two, and uh, would come into it. And uh, I've got so sucked in now to the fact there's going to be soft over the weekend. We've got to remember that in new market is probably going to be about good to soft. And, yeah, uh, good point. Know, yeah. So, so, so I, I must remember that we're on new market now and, and not on Longshore, at least for the time being. Uh, but a uh, bit of cut on the ground that that wouldn't be a problem for her. She'll go on yielding or good to soft ground, uh, high class form, uh, winner of the uh, matron stakes, wasn't it last time out? Group one. Can't argue with that, can you? And she is, yeah, I see that uh, Snow Lantern rated 127, Mother Earth 126, No Speak Alexander 125. Um, yeah, okay. I wanted to put Snow Lantern and Mother Earth 
in a dual forecast with totally pathetic, unenterprising, wimpy uh, dual forecast. But instead, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this race because no speak Alexander may get into the mix as well. Well, given it's a good race. It's a cracking race. Um, it is a cracking race. And given the fact that no speak Alexander got the rub of the green, would you say, and beat mm. Mother Earth last time out, mm. I I expect Mother Earth to reverse the form with uh, more of a of a straight run. They're on the they're drawn on the far side, um, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if no speak Alexander continues this good form and uh, finishes second, and the Snow Lantern. I, I don't know. I was a little bit underwhelmed by the performance behind Baid. I know that Baid. So, so is, was I. Yeah, I I'm glad that you said that. There and I, yeah, I I thought she'd get involved, but she was comfortably held, wasn't she? She was some way off the the front three in that race. Yeah. And uh, now Baid, of, of course, is something else, and could be something very special next year. Uh, he's he's looked pretty good in his last two races, hasn't he? So, but you you have to kind of think of that race. Last you, time out you as can't being beat Victor Ladorum. You can't beat Victor Ladorum. Come on. Mm, yeah. Uh, no, she's she's got to be off the shortlist. That's, that's how I feel. Yeah. 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 I I was I was disappointed in her as well. I I thought she'd run a, a big race. I wasn't expecting her to beat Baid, but I don't think many people were. But I I would have liked to have seen her finish second. Yeah. So yeah. And Mother Earth and No Speak Alexander have clearly uh, got the credentials to to fight out the finish themselves as snow lantern she'd have to do better than she did last time out so yeah it for me it's a it's a pour myself a cup of tea um f- feet up and enjoy it see how it works out because it's it's not a, a race that i've got a, a great uh, feel about is as if i have a, a serious idea of what's going to win so i'm just guessing Lee, and you wh- don't want that do you? you want analysis you don't want guesswork do you Emma? Uh, well you know it depends i mean sometimes you listen to other shows and it is guesswork uh, <laughs> shots fired um who could he be talking about i'm not talking about anybody i'm just taking the piss joe we're allowed to joke all right we're allowed to joke um you know who you are <laughs> uh, by the way while you're making that cup of tea could you do me a favor Five mm. espressos, a latte, five sh- with a latte in it, please. Uh, five sugars, a bottle of Exputex, and uh, a packet of Uniflu Plus, which is mm. suspiciously unavailable. Uniflu Plus can't be got right now. I don't know why. You can't get diesel. We can't get Uniflu Plus. Maybe we'll do a trade. Although then I can't fuel my car, so maybe not. Uh, right, the pre Cataran. Are we finally going to get Trushan versus Stradivarius with Princess Zoe in the mix as well? Or is this all going to get called off again? The, the problem is, I don't think Stradivarius hates soft ground at all because he's actually put up some very good performances in it. But it does seem that whenever the, the, the ground goes right for Stradivarius, which is probably more towards the, the, the good end of the rainbow, uh, that it then becomes not soft enough for, for Trushan because he, I think he is best on soft ground. So, and I don't think this is necessarily Stradivarius's time of year, actually. He's had some hard races again. I think, you know, he was brilliant last time out, but that, that was a, that was not the, the opponents in that race. They were good, but they weren't at the standard that uh, um, he would um, normally be expecting to, to face in the, in the group ones that he runs in. So yeah, it, I salute him for his performance there at Doncaster, but uh, that, told us 
nothing other than the fact that he had recovered well from his hard race at York before, which was one of the greatest races, by the way, that I've ever seen when he got his nose in front of the last hundred yards of that race. And um, it lifted the, the roof off the stands there at York that day. But is this his time of year? And how much longer can he go on? I, it astonishes me, actually, that he's, he's still racing and still showing so much enthusiasm. And he has stopped being colty in the paddock as well. You know, and a lot of people are getting worried about that. And um, the, the, certainly at York, he didn't do it. And at Doncaster, he didn't do it either. So the, I don't know whether he saw they, they kept me away from the Phillies for so long. I'm not even going to try, though. Um, poor fellow. So I'm going to go for Princess Zoe. One, two, three, four! Up the Mullins! So I'm talking about take that, Stradivarius. Um, I love this. And um, I think it's going to be fantastic for, for Tony Mullins as well uh, if she can go and do it. And I fully believe that, that she can. Um, I'm actually surprised that she's the price that she is. Because the more I look at this race, the more I just don't see any... And I'd love to finally see the true Shan Stradivarius Princess Zoe Clash. I, I just don't see Stradivarius lining up. I don't see him running on the day. I don't see how he does line up on the day. And I think she's just being a little bit underestimated, like yourself. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with finishing second in the Irish St. Ledger behind the uh, Melbourne Cup winner. So, and and that's her first run since Ascot. The is is the soft ground a concern for you? No, I, it's not a soft ground um, uh, problem here. I don't think it's an anything problem as far as I'm concerned. I think she ticks all the boxes, and and particularly the the uh, the, the stamina box is because remember this is one of the most grueling races, especially yeah. if it's running soft ground that you could ever imagine. I mean, horses that it's like the Gold Cup at Ascot, isn't it? Horses that stay two miles uh, have had enough by the time they turn around into the home straight. Whereas she won't. We know she stays. Uh, Stradivarius, we know he stays two and a half miles all right, but again, I'm, I'm just thinking, He, for me, yeah, he has done it later in the year, but he's had another hard season, he's seven years old now, he is one of my heroes, but can he sustain this now into October as well, on ground that he is probably not ideal, I won't say he doesn't like it, it's, it, it's just that it brings other horses into the reckoning, and Trushan, let's remember, he runs like a horse that will probably stay uh, two and a half miles. You look back through his form; he's never been beyond two. So yeah. we don't know how he's going to see out the 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 length of the home straight at Longshore and more. The the, the straight there's two and a half furlongs. It's not a long straight at uh, so Longshore, but but for all we know, and I don't think this will be the case. But Trushan might be finished by the time they they come off the bend. I've, he runs for me in the style of a horse that that will get two and a half miles, but will he get it as well as a horse like Princess Zoe is already? Already proved that she she stays. Soft ground's not a problem. Trip's not a problem. She's a rags to rich story. We rags to riches story, don't we? Oh, we do. Um, we absolutely do. And the defending champion of the race as well. So let's go. Uh, let's go. And um, two hundred and sixty-seven thousand of the Queen's finest sovereigns back in Tony Mullins' pocket, or at least the owner's pocket as well. Uh, one more race to go. The Qatar Pre Daniel Wildenstein. Let's go with that. Why not? Uh, so the Revenant, I was speaking to you about this beforehand, saying, do you think I'm bonkers to say that real world is going to win this race? And your response was? That Frankie Dottori has been booked uh, for real world, and yep. he's 
certainly uh, back in favour again, isn't he, with the side bin Sarua's uh, side of the operation at Newmarket. So you think where they were, what, 10 years ago or so? And it looks as if uh, he would have ridden in these uh, blue Godolphin silks for the last time. And of course, he started to creep back, hasn't he? He's been riding a few uh, for John and Thady Gosden in the Godolphin uh, colours. And now uh, it, it seems as if he's back in favour with uh, uh, Saeed as well. I don't think that he and Saeed ever, ever um, fell out as such, but uh, maybe you know more than I do. Yeah, it's very much uh, the... There was something going on. I, I, I think it's very much the boss. Um, I, think, I think that Frankie thought that himself and the Highness were, his Highness were best buds. And that was not the case. It just simply wasn't. And um, actually getting free of Godolphin was probably the best thing that happened to him because he didn't look happy. And having to apologize for having the audacity to take the ride on Scorpion and win the St. Ledger is just embarrassing. And uh, the fact that he then got the opportunity to team back up with John Gosden and now John and Thady Gosden and that that relationship at the same time when, was that when John Ferguson left and Saeed kicked up the fuss that he wasn't being given the horses, so they completely just re rebuilt the organization, and you had Godolphin France, which is run by Andre Fab, and Godolphin horses now actually stay, you know, like a Sharmadal would stay with Mark Johnston now, um, but Charlie Appleby is, is getting a lot of talent, and now it appears Saeed is getting that talent as well. But Frankie riding winners for John Gosden at the insistence that John Gosden say, well, Frankie's my jockey, so he's riding. And that's that. And uh, I think that's what got him back in favor. Um, but it is very clearly a Saeed thing, and I, I don't think they ever fell out. And um, Saeed said on TalkSport 2 the other day with us that Frankie's the best jockey in the world. Which I would not disagree yeah. with, but I, I think yeah. we're and both he's particularly good at in, in these big occasions, isn't he? Who was it who said that? So when he goes to Ascot, for example, he really genuinely believes that everybody, all sixty thousand people there, have gone to see him, <laughs> and it's no bad thing. Uh, I should think probably fifty thousand of them have. <laughs> um, but um, but it's funny because it's of, true. Uh, yeah, uh, and these races, Ascot and Longchamp, is the Ascot of isn't it and it's a big occasion he's he's a great rider on the on the big stage and uh, he will enhance the chances of real world although it has to be said that Marco Ghiani who's been riding him uh, this season is a very talented young jockey but I, I can kind of understand why they've done this it's no reflection on Marco at all he's a he's an extremely good rider now and he'll be even better in, in the the future and but Frankie Dottori at Longchamp, yeah, you've got to say it enhances the chance of real world. What has not enhanced his chances is the rain. I think he's uh, he's better on good or fast ground. And I think the Revenant absolutely wallows in the mud and has got mm. top-class form. And therefore, I think we've got a very good favourite here in the Revenant, and I expect him to win. Oh, okay. So he'd be doing the hat-trick then. The Revenant will be winning this for the third year in a row. So uh, perhaps he will. Um, Century Dream in there as well, and uh, and our old friend Victor Lador back once again. Yes, only only a length and a half off Bayid last time, so maybe. But I think I need to jump off that train before I get seriously seriously financially hurt. Uh, what is your best bet of the weekend, sir? 
Oh, I'm going to go look on on a weekend when you've got a the pre delightful triumph. It, it would be a an error of judgment to pick anything in any other race, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm rather hoping that you're going to go for the same race. <laughs> uh, a day are for me uh, to add the arc uh, to the King George and the Derby. The three oh five at Longchamp, otherwise known as the glitzy pre delightful triumph. Well, given the fact that you have done that. I feel compelled to have no other choice <laughs> other than to declare war and tell you that it's going to be snow everywhere. It's going to be snow all over the place. They're going to be playing that song uh, yet again. How many times is it? When when was the last time we played Snow Informer on the on the Final Final podcast? Um, Tuala is is desperately rushing to try and get it now. Uh, I see you. I see you. If you get this up, uh, I'll be very impressed, by the way. If you manage to get that up in time, I will be hugely impressed. But uh, I'm with Snowfall. I'm, I've got to be. I just think she is uh, She is the true classic winner. Winter is coming, and um, it's going to be her. It's going to be all about her. I, and I, I'm very excited about seeing what she can do. And uh, and and bouncing back, you didn't get it, did you? You, there's no way you got that. There's no way I, you got it. Yeah, like what? What did I miss? Oh, I can't believe it. You know this? I do. But I've known it for about twenty years. Ah, oh, informer, snow. Playing this out, a snowfall of course. comes of to course. win the she, arc. You know when she won the uh, the, the Yorkshire uh, Oaks, and it, at York they play a piece of an appropriate piece of music when the winner comes in to the winner's enclosure there. And when Snowfall won, we were all expecting I don't know White Christmas, um, Frosty the Snowman. I know it would have seemed a bit weird in the middle of August, but that's what we were expecting. In fact, they played another completely different song, and uh, we're still trying to work out what it was. <laughs> well, it, if it's not this, listen, York... It wasn't that one. No, it wasn't that. How could you not play this? It's just so simple. I'm pretty certain that each morning she's doing her workouts, they've got the, the AirPod Max in. And... Wait a minute, what a banger. What an absolute banger. As Snowfall wins, that is the theme that needs to be played as she just comes th- thundering down the Paris-Longchamp turf to go and claim her Arc de Triomphe and her glorious victory. Uh, that's it. Uh, thank you so, so much, Lee McKenzie. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. You can check out uh, tote.co.uk or tote.ie uh, for more information on offers that they have. Rory DeLarge returns to the show on Monday to review the action as we look back and see were we right, were we wrong. No, we were right. We got it all right. And uh, whenever Lee and I agreed, we absolutely got it spot on. Um, Lee and I are back on TalkSport next week, and I am standing in for Lee and uh, ho- in control of the show. Dear God, Lee, what have you done? And, I wouldn't put it quite like that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you you will be sitting in the presenter's chair. Yes, Scott will be in control of the show, I suppose. He's the one who's actually pushing the buttons and, and has the control of the dump button as well, if needed. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. We'll be uh, hosting on Friday, and um, we've got a cracking 
couple of cards to look at. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun to look, at, look forward to. Also, special Final Furlong podcast coming your way as well, so make sure you watch out for that. And most important of all, uh, give it up for Lee McKenzie with a top-class performance yet again on the Final Furlong podcast. My friend, enjoy your weekend. Pleasure as always, Emmett. Great fun. See you soon. And thank you for listening to the show. If you like it, uh, retweet on social media, like it on social media, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the reviews on whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to. And just as she comes thundering down that parry long chomp straight, just remember, the hell is this? Oh yeah, the rap from some random dude. I don't care about you. Skip. Skip forward. Skip forward, Twala. There we go. Hello. Farewell. Gravy everywhere. Snow everywhere. Bye.